Hello, and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with, all, and with me always is my co-host, Jacob Belleville. Hey, Jacob. Hey, what's going on? Well, it's been a, been a long, long week at work. Had a co-worker that does the same job as me. Um, had his last day on Friday, so I've been do, I've been given the opportunity to do two people's job for the price of one. It's just heck heck of an opportunity. How about you? That, yeah, that's my life story. So, <laughs> anytime that you're good at your job, I feel like you just get shit piled on you. I mean, why give it to the guy who's not good? So. I, mean, I guess I'm giving myself a lot of credit in that scenario, but but that's how I feel. Yep. It's like I like you know I'd like to thank me you know for all the hard work that I did, um, but you know it makes sense if you're good at your job you get to you get to do more. I mean that's what we want from all of our fantasy ass- assets. You do work, we want you to do more. Correct. Yep. So makes sense. Well, let's jump into it with our NCAA news. Uh, Curtis, I think it's DeVille, he's out six to eight months with just a hip injury. Jacob, he was uh, one of your supplemental draft picks. How you feeling? Not good, because I was a big fan, and I thought that of all the guys that I drafted, he had probably the easiest path to early playing time. And so... I was kind of counting on him because I'm pretty thin. Like, my starting roster is okay, but at the same time, I don't have much depth. Um, you've referred kind of, to, you've referred to your, your team as the Kansas of, of the league. Correct. So, we... It's ha- not. It's, it's not. not. <laughs> but, um, it, it was nice seeing, like, Andre Green Jr. is kind of set up to, you know, start producing... I actually need him to start <laughs> to start producing with how many freshmen I drafted. So, and we'll I th- see how it goes. And and I think uh, An Antoine Green or Antoine. Yeah, he got hurt. He got yep. hurt with a collarbone ish uh, injury. So he, you know, Green Junior steps into to that role and, and should get a lot of play here at the beginning. Um, things I'm hearing out of camp there are they play a week zero game. So U- UNC is one of those teams that has two buys, and there's a chance that they do a committee quarterback room in preparation for week one. They play Appalachian State and just kind of don't want to get um, caught with their pants down and try to figure out their quarterback issue in, in their cupcake in week week zero. So. That might be something to watch out for. Um, I think it's actually. I mean, it's kind of fun, right? Like, there's there's potentially a lot of freshmen that might get a lot of run at UNC this year. So, and talking about not, talking about that's, fresh, not always, that's not always the case. Talk about freshmen getting some run in the Carolinas, Clemson. Randall had an ACL injury, drinks the magical water that's down there in Clemson. He's in a non-contact jersey, but he's running around looking pretty good. Um, There was even a report that he made, I think he ran the fastest time um, there in a practice. So it's, you know, looking sooner rather than later for for a comeback for for Randall, who you, you picked with your second pick in the supplemental draft yeah so the only reason that i took him at 106 was because of the acl injury otherwise he would have been my first pick was at 104 i thought if i let luther burden fall that you luke would probably take him at 105 and so basically what i did was i just flip-flopped him but adam randall's been my wide receiver one since like january of 2021 it's not changing um, if I the, hypothetically, the, the, timeline, the timeline is crazy. Yes. Don't get me wrong; it, it's crazy. I do like the fact that he's going to be back practicing. I don't want him rushed back into like game situations. 
And I don't know if they really need to rush him back, but Clemson just seems to get these players back a little sooner than you would think, and I I don't know... That doesn't give me warm fuzzies. Like, it should because they get back and you want them on the field, but it's like Randall's a freshman, so I'm sure you would much rather have the his longevity, you know, for his sake and yours, you know, instead of, oh, I just need his freshman production. It's something that you're not, you weren't really banking on in the first place. Yeah, I mean... Six months is wild. Like, if he... I think they're saying that he's projected to be back in September. Six months is really, really quick. I was hoping for, like, nine... Eight to nine months. You know, best-case scenario when it happened, and then he gets in for a couple plays, you know, late in the season. But... Hypothetical question. If I would have taken Randall at 105, what would you have done at 106? If you can think back to that. Yep. Trade it out. Trade it out? Yeah. All right. Um, Next piece of news, Aaron Anderson, uh, Patrick grabbed in the supplemental draft, and Cameron Latu, uh, Grim uh, got in the supplemental draft. They are currently out with knee injuries and only expected to be out a few weeks, in quotations. So... NCAA news is hard to come by, but something to be aware of if you guys didn't know. Kamar Wheaton is dealing with an injury to open up his team camp. Uh, He's on Patrick's team. I believe it's a hamstring issue, but he has yet to practice yet for fall ball. Uh, Sam Hartman today, um, he's out for an extended period of time with a non-football-related medical condition. Um, I don't know exactly what happened but sounds like he will be back but again lips are sealed nobody really knows what's going on but tweet he is on your team and it looks like you'll be without Sam Hartman for a um, an unexpected amount of time so good thing you drafted roughly like eight quarterbacks in our supplemental draft hopefully you'll find one um, more tweet news. Thomas Fedone was seen running bleachers during Nebraska's practice today. So he missed last year with an ACL injury. And then in spring ball, tore his ACL again. And I don't know if it was an opposite leg or if it was the same one again, but he's making his way. He might have gone over to Clemson and drank some of the water. Not exactly sure. But... Uh, Another thing, JoJo Earl's out six to eight weeks with a Liz Frank injury. He's on my team. Not great. I'm not a fan of Liz Frank injuries. I'm not expecting anything from JoJo Earl this year, to be honest. And even next year, we'll see what happens. I mean, college is a different beast than the NFL, but I'm just holding. So wheels up for uh, any 15th round Alabama running backs taken in our supplemental draft, Jacob. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Somehow, somehow, I ended up with like a lot of that wide receiver room. <laughs> I don't really. It was one that I was avoiding, but with Shaz Preston and Connor or Tyler Harrell, I, I I don't know who plays that role though. So what I think happens: you have four wide receivers. You have um, Joe. Jojo is pretty much like slot. Slot. Yep. So yeah. you have slot. Harrell, uh, Brooks, and Burton. You had those four guys, and one guy was going to be left out. Well, now maybe they play a big slot. Um, Because I just don't imagine they're going to thrust a a freshman in there. So they're going to have to figure something out. But it's... Alabama will will figure it out, and it'll be fine. It'll be great to see JoJo get back on the field at some point this year, but, again, not really expecting much. And then uh, Cedric Baxter commits to the University of Texas today. Um, I haven't really had time to really digest what's, you know, what that all means. But Jacob, you had some ideas, so let's let's hear them. Yeah, I just think we've got certain teams: Texas, Ohio State, and we've got Alabama. I'm trying to think, is that it? 
Texas A&M. So you've got a bunch of teams that are bringing in these top recruits year over year. They're also signing really talented, you know, transfer prospects. And so it's tough to know how it's going to like work out. But where my mind is at, if you trust in the player talent, they have the ability to transfer and not be penalized for it. So whether Cedric Baxter, who a lot of people think is the RB1 of the next class, or Jadon Blue, who a lot of people think was the RB1 or 2 of this class, you know, what, whether it doesn't matter who wins the job, because they can go to a bunch of different schools and still be productive. So, yeah, I, I just think it's in. You can't helmet scout with this NIL stuff anymore. Yep, and then the other part, too, is like you get the Alabamas who have a Brian Robinson who stays there and then just bides their time and then blows up, has one good year, and then, all right, see ya. And I don't have, you know, much wear on my tires because I only really played the one year. I mean, it sucks that you have to wait so long, but the NFL doesn't seem to care. No, you need one really productive year to get to the NFL. All right, well, that's all for the NCAA news that that I have. So, Jacob, why don't you take our NFL news? Yeah, so NFL news, Deontay Johnson got paid. Um, I do think he got less than what he could have gotten on the open market. I mean, I thought I thought he wasn't going to get paid, you know, drafted all those wide receivers, and I think it is a smart move for Deontay to get some money now because it sounds like there aren't very many good things happening in Steelers camp right now, and how do you get paid if you don't put up numbers this year. So I think it was smart, like him and DK, to get money before the season if they have a down year. It's like, well, look at my quarterback play, but at least I got paid for it, as opposed to getting a Juju-like offer next year. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I don't think it's a bad move. I also think Deontay, I think him taking that contract or that, whatever you want to call it, it's only like two, three years. I think it's two years. Let me check here. Two years, $36 million total. So, yeah, I mean, he's getting paid below market value, but it's still good money. I think he's probably a wide receiver one elsewhere, and he could get, you know, maybe not the $24 million a year or $25 million a year that some of these other guys are getting, but $20 million, $22 million, something, something in that range. I think he wants to be in Pittsburgh. I think the other thing, too, is he sets himself up to get paid again. So I think that's good. Correct. I'm all for, like, shorter contracts. It's just smart if you're a wide receiver, especially if you're a running back. I would hate if I'm a running back and I got took in the first round where they could just franchise me, you know, for that, or get that fifth-year option, then franchise me. That's my entire career. Ask Saquon. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only one it worked out for was Zeke. And everybody looks at that contract like it's freaking terrible. Yeah. Yep. So then uh, J.K. Dobbins is off the pup. Uh, Yeah. It's good. I think everybody expected that. He's been putting out videos for like a month of him looking really good in drills and running routes and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be key that he gets a little bit of preseason work um, because there was a video today or yesterday, I think it was today, that came out where he was supposed to do a, like a pivot, like a jump stop and a cut, and was kind of favoring that knee, you know, I just tore my ACL type thing, you know, very, very common, being kind of a little gun-shy. I think he just needs to be, like, actually hit a couple times to really have faith in in that knee. Otherwise, you know, you'd think that having Lamar, the Ravens might just, you know, ease him into it, you know, at the beginning of the season if they don't want to do it in the preseason, which how he got hurt was the preseason in the first place. I can see him not, you know, not putting him in there. But I think he... I think he needs to be 
hit a couple times to just get that feeling of being hit and hey I'm okay which which I hope he can do this year yeah it's probably just a confidence thing it's going to come probably early on in the season as long as everything goes well preseason and practice so and then Kareem Hunt wants a trade from uh, Cleveland okay it was pretty funny he comes out says I want to trade Cleveland says no and then that next day he shows up and he does drills. So it didn't last very long. Well, he's our, I mean, he's getting paid decent by Cleveland, so I it, it's weird. <laughs> that, that's the best way I can describe it. He's not going to be a starting running back in most places. Houston, maybe. That'd be. Oh, Houston, he would definitely be. But I'm just saying the, Atlanta. the teams that are available for him to be a starting running back in are dwindling. Yeah. So we got a couple uh, takes here that we want to share. Um, I took a waiver wire approach to my C2C takes. Well, I've got my my first one, huge take, NFL take. You know, I do most of the college stuff. Jacob handles most of the NFL stuff. But I've got... Big, big take here for the NFL. Going out on a limb and say that Miles Sanders, you know how I love to do parlays, right, Jacob? Oh, yeah. Miles Sanders and Kyle Pitts score more touchdowns than they did last year. If I do the math correctly, I believe Miles Sanders had zero touchdowns last year, and Kyle Pitts didn't even score in the United States last year. He had to score all the way in England. So I think combined they score more than one touchdown this year thoughts like that's a fiery take i tell you yeah (laughs) my but seriously my waiver my waiver takes for this year are nene davis is currently wide receiver 1149 i believe that he ends up as a top 50 wide receiver. I mean, you talk about top 50, like, I don't know how usable that is, but, like, hey, that's that's quite the jump from almost 1,200. Um, so I think Nate Davis, who is a um, slot wide receiver for Utah State, uh, Devin Tompkins leaves Utah State, throws the ball quite a bit and he's going to take that spot. So for um, he is a he is a little tiny <laughs> speedy guy. Do you, like, do you I mean do you happen to have said, do you happen to have it's his not by, It's not by just my definition of small. Like he is he is like 150 pounds. Yeah, I think 155 is what they listed him at. Yeah. <laughs> And, and just for just for an idea, um, Brett had Devin Tompkins last year, picked him up on the waiver wire, and he scored the third most points for Brett on his team last year, scoring more than Clayton Toon, just shy of under what Tyler Beatty put on, and about 100 points shy of Malik Willis. So Devin Tompkins put up 335.1 points last year, averaging almost 24 points per game. So... He is on the he is on the waiver wire. I think that could be a good snag. Um, my other take is that Keenan Burnett is a freshman tight end at Arizona, making some some news and noise in uh, camp. There, he's just a big athletic guy, and I I think Arizona's on a trajectory of doing better things. Here they had a pretty good recruiting class, and Bryson Nesbitt, who is a tight end for North Carolina, he's been lining up a lot in the slot, not playing in line much. Um, he played high school football, started only started his junior year. His dad um, didn't want him to play football for concussion reasons. But his dad was an offensive guard who played at South Carolina and then uh, 10 seasons in the NFL, winning a Super Bowl with New Orleans, while his mother played soccer at South Carolina. So an athletic family, dude's athletic, 
but my take is those two guys, Keenan Burnett, Bryson Nesbitt, score more touchdowns individually um, than Cameron Latu. Cameron Latu, I think we know who he is. Um, he doesn't have a high ceiling, and he doesn't really have a high floor. Like he's going to get some touchdowns here or there, but I'm I'm going to bet on those athletic athletic tight ends. I'll jump in just for a second. Nesbitt, I think, is an all-around better tight end than Latu will ever be, whether it's NFL or college. I mean, Nesbitt is, he might be legit. So, like, again, two guys that are on our waiver wire, well, three with um, my wide receiver. So I've got a wide receiver take, I've got a tight end take, running back take, Nathaniel Pete. Right now, Missouri does not have hasn't named their starting running back. But I say Nathaniel Pete, who comes in from Stanford, he's a senior this year. I say he wins that job, and he leads the NCAA in rushing. So Missouri just has that system where they run the ball a lot. Brett picked up Tyler Beatty off the waivers last year, did pretty well. And then if you look at Missouri's schedule this year, you have Louisiana Tech, Kansas State, Abilene Christian, Auburn. You have a tough game against Georgia. Florida doesn't scare you. Vanderbilt doesn't scare you. South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, New Mexico State, and Arkansas. Like, all those teams, I mean, with the exception of Georgia, I expect Missouri to run the ball pretty well this season. And if he wins that job, that's, you know, one of my, I guess, parlays. But, uh, he leads the NCAA in rushing, and he's on our waivers. That's my take. And then my quarterback take is Jarrett Doge ends up as a top 20 quarterback this year. He's currently sitting at quarterback 60. And I had the delight of having uh, Bailey Zappi on my team last year, who scored 610 points, averaging 43.6 points a game. I uh, pulled the the group chat, kind of asked, like, hey, who do you guys feel is, like, a cheat code quarterback to have? Um, Jacob and I believe maybe Ian said Cunningham, or maybe it was just me. Um, but, I mean, Cunningham is a, a great quarterback. Jacob, you brought up that he had that 70-plus point game against Duke. Just so I disrespectful. Was, I, I'm pretty sure it was against me. <laughs> well, of course you would remember it. Well, if if Jarrett Doge in that system, first he's got to win the job, which I'm hearing he will. If he puts up 65% of what Bailey Zappi is able to do, that will score him 397 points. Cunningham last year scored 444. So if you're, like, almost getting a Malik or – um, yeah, Malik Cunningham off the waivers might be a guy to check out. Um, so make sure he wins that job first, but I, I think he will, and you could get a great quarterback off the waivers. So those are my quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end takes. Another take that I have is a guy on our waivers that will get drafted. I don't think he's eligible this year. I'm not exactly sure with the whole COVID stuff and whatnot. But I am hearing that a lot of people really like Braden Bennett, a running back out of Coastal Carolina. That system will help him produce on the college side. But I'm hearing a lot of buzz from people that you know make those decisions that you know people really like what he has to offer so Braden Bennett a guy that could that I think will end up getting drafted who's currently on our waivers so those are my those are my takes Jacob let's hear yours all right so here's my spicy takes for this next year um Caden Prather who's on my team for West Virginia he finishes the season top 20 in receiving yards um, for college football. And primarily that's because they got a, 
they did get a big quarterback upgrade. I think people like to clown a little bit on JT Daniels just because of where he was recruited versus what he's produced. But at the same time, it's a big quarterback upgrade for West Virginia. So then my second one is, and this one is spicy, Juju Smith-Schuster leads the league in receiving yards. Any thoughts on that, Luke? Yeah. Whose team is Juju on? Mine. The first two are The first two are just yours. Now you're just hyping up people to get people to trade with you. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, I know I've given you a voice, but, like, come on. Just trying to trade these guys with these ridiculous takes and just hiding and be like, oh yeah, they're just hot takes and I just want to trade them. I don't know, man. Hey, I gotta use my platform. <laughs> I I will say, last, hey. we, last week when we talked about like wide receivers and we talked about wide receivers who got new quarterbacks or wide receivers who are new places, I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, so it's a possibility. I'm not gonna say it's not. Well, and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Is Juju's already been a top five wide receiver fantasy wise, and so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility or skill set that he has to actually get there. I actually think Sky Moore kind of emerging, you know, he's he's emerging in training camp, so that helps not being able to bracket cover Juju, and so I actually think. This is probably the best quarterback he's ever going to play with. And he's still 25 years old, and he has a history of production. Even in the years where everybody thought he was down, he was still a top. He was still a wide receiver, too. He was a top 24 wide receiver. So I actually think he's, he's going to be due for a big year. I don't know if it's leading the league in receiving, but these are spicy takes. Whoa, 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 yeah. There's, you got to stand by the take. You don't back down after, like – one minute after giving the spicy take. Like, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen. The reason I'm backing down is because I actually think Devontae Adams is going to lead the league in receiving. I would be okay with that, as he's on my team. I think that's going to happen. These are takes that, if they hit, and you put $5 on them on, like, Bet Fred Sports, you might win some money. What else do you got for us? The next one, Brees Hall... So I, I actually chose this one before Melvin Gordon's foot injury came out today. I, I but, can attest, you did you did put that in the show sheet. But I'll stand by it. Brees Hall will outscore Javante Williams in fantasy this year. And that is, uh, Brees Hall is with Nate, is that right? Or bl- Tweet? Right. He's changed hands like six times. I don't know, I think it's Nate. I think it's Nate. I think he's with Nate. No. So then this is probably my spiciest take. Sean Tucker on Tweet's team. He's going to go for 1,800 all-purpose yards. He's going to be a borderline Heisman finalist. And he is going to be the second running back taken in the NFL draft. Whoa. Second round or third round? Second round. Second round. Well... We need to mark this one so so we can get this out on the Twitter Twitter universe when this happens. I like it. I like it. The Syracuse doesn't have you know much for an offense. Garrett Schrader isn't a great passer. He's a good runner, but I think Syracuse and the ACC. All you really got is Clemson, and you know my sleeper there, NC State. But I'm not sure if they they face each other this year. But I, th- I think that's very doable. And plus, you get that dome, which just, I think, helps out. I just definitely think that Sean Tucker is being undervalued right now. And I think by the time the draft rolls around, I don't think that will be the case. Why do you think he's being undervalued right now? Because we're valuing other players, fantasy-wise, who have not produced like he has. So... You think that he goes ahead of, like, Jameer Gibbs? Yes. And is it because of his testing, you think, on, like, the combine day? Because, you know, Gibbs will probably get more hype, I think, during the season. 
but do you think it comes down to a testing measure and like one being frankly you're projecting Jameer Gibbs to have a fantastic season Sean Tucker's already gone for 1500 yards into the year I mean that's more yardage than Zach Evans has ever had that's more yardage than you know like I like Zach Charbonnet but at the same time He's never. He's not going to have a fifteen hundred yard year. Gotcha. And then he, if Sean Tucker goes off and does it again for a second straight year, NFL is going to be like, okay, this kid from Syracuse, we need to take a look at. And I do think that Sean Tucker will test really, really well at the NFL Combine. And my last one, it's kind of twofold, but. Marcus Mariota kind of revives his career in Atlanta, and I don't think Atlanta is shopping for quarterback next year in the draft. And how much do you think, like, when you say revive, what exactly, you know, does that entail? Yeah, so like Brian Tannehill type revive. I mean, he's serviceable enough. I think Atlanta has so many other issues on their team that they need to address. I it would be a boon for them if Mariota just has a productive season and just kind of stays there. Well, they went out and got, you know, his wide receiver one this year, uh, Brian, Brian Edwards. So The, the wide receiver one was Kyle Pitts, and oh. I got him last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for our, our takes. So some league news. We have our trade counter went up to this week. We are now sitting at 56 for for the 2022 season. So last year we are at 44. We're killing it this year. So our trade of the week um, happened to come in late today. Um, and we went with Chad getting Alvin Kamara and Charlie Brewer for Baker Mayfield and Hunter Decker. So Chad gets Alvin Kamara, Charlie Brewer, Brett gets Baker Mayfield, and Hunter Deckers. We had another trade in the league that was more of a, what would you say, Jacob? It was bigger names, but uh, less interesting. This one was kind of interesting. You got a kind of an aging pass-catching running back. We're a full-point PPR league. There's a lot of spots to you know, have, and then we start three quarterbacks on the college side, and, and Brett gets Hunter Deckers, and then he needed a quarterback um, on the NFL side and got Baker Mayfield, who I think is a serviceable number two um, quarterback. So... Yeah, I think I think any time that the trade is kind of crossing both leagues, it's always a little bit more interesting. So with us here today is uh, Chad... Chad, welcome, welcome to the the podcast. Thank you. So let's let's talk a little bit about about the trade. How you know how did it how did talk start? Um, did you reach out? What you know? Obviously, you got what you wanted. Brett got what he wanted. How did how did those conversations go? Yeah. So. Um... To be honest, I was trying to get Kamara away from him for a while. Um, it just was one of the things that I noticed that he, you know, was a little light on the quarterback side, and you know, I have Baker as an extra, extra quarterback in our uh, on the NFL side um, with Daniel Jones as my actual backup. So I figured, you know, let's see what's out there. Um, Listen to his last podcast because I'm a little behind here. And he said, you know, Kamara could be available. So I sent him a text. I said, hey, I want Kamara. What do you What do you want for him? And he replied back with Baker. Like, I mean, I was kind of expecting him to go for a little bit higher than Baker, in my opinion. Um, especially, you know, if Baker somehow doesn't get the job down in Carolina. No way he doesn't. He's got to get it. He's got to get it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I needed a running back. Um, my starting running backs were, uh, Mosert and Kareem Hunt, uh, after trade with you. So I needed, I needed some depth and 
while I have the the leeriness that uh, you know there may be some sort of suspension coming down, I had to take that risk. Gotcha. And then, what made you pick Charlie Brewer, a quarterback for Liberty? So, with that one, it was just random, actually. Um, just closed your eyes, and you're like, give me that guy? Well, no, not not really. Um, he reached out, and I said, you know, I don't know if Baker straight up would be a good trade for you, uh, for those two, you know, for, for Kamara. Um, so I said, you know, if you needed someone on college as well, he threw at Decker's. Um, okay. Makes sense. He's an Iowa State guy. He, he wants exactly. he wants a quarterback. Um, so, and so am I, but I just, I really kind of drafted him to see if either he or Tweet at one point would reach out once Tweet gets drunk. Um, <laughs> once you never he, know. Yeah, you don't know. On his, when it happens. On so. his bachelor party, he trades all that stuff to, to Nate. Um, exactly. And then Nate as well. Nate's an Iowa State fan too, so... Um, you know, there was just a bunch of different things I saw with that there. Um, and when he said that, I'm like, well, you know, if you do that, you're going to have to cut somebody on your college side because you're going to be at 45. You're going to be over 45. I said, why don't you just trade me somebody who, you know, whoever. And I said, well, I'll take Brewer. And he goes, okay, deal. So Brewer does look, he does look to be the quarterback there at Liberty. I don't. I don't anticipate anything spectacular from Charlie Brewer, but... Neither do I. It's more of just a little bit of depth. So uh, I think he's getting better than Duggan. Duggan, however the hell you pronounce his name. They're TCU. So, you know, it was a week that I got someone that maybe could buy. Throw him in. See what happens. All right. Well, cool. Hey, thanks for uh, reaching out. Um, you got... Congratulations to you and Brett for having the trade of the week this week. Uh, your yeah. your guys's award has been set in the mail, so you guys should be getting that soon. But hey, really, it's really made, made out of paper mache. Paper mache. <laughs> All right, made with love too, right? Lots, lots and love. So hey, I appreciate you coming on, sharing that, um, kind of get a little insight. Glad that these podcasts are helping of of kind of learning what people want and need so so that that's great to hear that you were able to utilize yeah, that so awesome thanks chad thanks chad. no problem bye yeah all right so now we're going to move into our free agency pickups from last year we're just going to kind of do a recap uh for the people in the league here and then anybody who's listening who, who's just trying to pick up on you know our home c2c league i know we've got a couple listeners out there that you know don't participate but enjoy the content so we have 10 guys in our league jacob who was who do you think in the league had the best waiver wire pickups to set the stage we this year our first year we allowed only two pickups after week four and after week eight so who do you think had the best pickups so I re-looked at the list, and I wanted to say Ian because he picked up my guy, Anthony Richardson. We both bid our entire fab on him, and he just happened to be worse than me at so, the time of bidding. So he already knew he wanted Anthony Richardson week one, played it, had the worst record, still made the playoffs, got Anthony Richardson. So why do you hate Anthony Richardson so much? I don't hate Anthony Richardson. I hate Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Have have there been any trade talks? Has he cut off all ties to Anthony Richardson? What's going on there? Um, I think he cut off all ties to Anthony Richardson when he asked for Stroud Plus. Wow. Now, after the NFL draft, we could have made that happen. Like, if they both go in the first round, I have no problem making that trade. But the problem is, is we're talking about last year. We had these talks, and so no, no talks yet. But so Ian's out here nickel in and fifty in people is what you're saying, not nickel and diming, but nickel and fifty in. Well, he's rolling with like Benjamins. Whoa. <laughs> he's wanting, he's wanting Bennies. Gotcha. So, who, so no, who do you think had the best? I mean, that was a long time ago, and honestly, we just haven't talked about it since. But. 
I'm still interested in Anthony Richardson, obviously. I think he's going to be awesome for the NFL. I don't know. I don't know what he does this year, but there's always the possibility that that rushing upside gets you into that Heisman talk, too. So who knows? Um, But actually, looking at the list of who had the best pickups, I really like you picking up Brock Bowers and Sky Moore. But, like, for, I don't know, there there were a bunch of people that had good pickups. I agree. I mean, you, you got Dennis here with Dontavion Wicks and Alton McCaskill. I mean, those are those are big CFF producers, and they might also get drafted. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I struggle as I look at the list more. Another one that's, you know, just kind of interesting is Nate picking up Blake Corum and Tanner McKee. While I'm not on the hype that Tanner Tanner McKee is going to get first-round capital, somebody apparently does. There's multiple mock drafts, so, like, getting that off the waiver wire and potentially being able to either capitalize on that or flip that is is pretty awesome. For sure. But is, So is Dennis your pick with, with Wicks and McCaskill? No, I'm still going with Ian because he his other waiver wire pickup was KJ Jefferson, who I think is going to be a solid producer again this year. And potential, I mean, there is the potential there for him to get drafted too. KJ Jefferson, I th- was a pretty high. I can't remember exactly his rushing yards, but he was a one of the top rushers for Arkansas last year. So, so at that second waiver wire pickup was is it week eight mm-hmm. last year? Yeah, so at week eight, I was like, I needed quarterback help, but I wanted someone who would have maybe NFL upside, so I was waffling between Will Levis and K.J. Jefferson. I didn't know which way I was going to go, and I went with Will Levis, and then Ian went with K.J. Jefferson. And so my my pickup of the year, I think, was, was Brett. And I'll just kind of keep with the theme of me being a college guy, really getting into the college aspect of it. He picks up Tyler Batty, I believe, week one, week two, week three, and then finally we let him do it in week four. Um, just playing mind games with the league. I don't know. Make sure we're paying attention to the group chat this year. Brett, you're doing, you're doing better here the last couple weeks. But he picks up Tyler Batty, who I believe was um, the second leading rusher in the NCAA last year. Don't fact check me, anybody, but I think it's pretty darn close. And then Devin Tompkins in his week eight pickup, who at Utah State was, like I said, putting up like 24 points per game. So in a pass happy offense, he was, he ended up placing second last year on the NCAA side. So those are two great pickups. Um, things that I wanted to just point out we had two waiver wire pickups, but Corey, Chad, and Patrick only had one pickup. So, make sure we're this year we've moved it to four. We get four waiver pickups, and you can use them at any point, but you only get four. So, make sure we're we're using those if you if you want them. But I think everybody had pretty good, pretty good pickups. You know that week four, Chad had um, Potts out of Minnesota. They just hammer the ball down people's throats. He was a good pick. Brandon Thomas, Patrick had him. That was a good pick. And then Rasheen Ali was a great pick by Corey in that, in that first round. I think everyone did everyone did pretty pretty good in general. So kudos to everybody um, in that. But my my waiver wire champ would be Brett, and then Jacobs is Ian. So Ian having a good supplemental draft this year, good waiver wire pickups last, last year. He's learning. He's learning quick. Flash in the pan. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about our our draft. So I, I kind of want to talk about it. We are, or I'm keeping track of not who you draft, but when you end the season. So when the year ends... And then mark down who everybody has, and then after, then we do tradings and whatnot. But I don't count those. 
but when the season ends, who's on your team, and then who ends up getting drafted in the NFL. Just so we can see, like, hey, who happens to be, like, really good at picking a particular spot or, you know, who in general is just good at identifying talent. Jacob, you want to give your, you know, your little spiel about about this year, which I thought was a really good um, idea? Yeah, I mean, this this past year we had a lot of information on the guys that we drafted in the startup. So we kind of had an inkling of who the NFL might be looking at to draft. I think two years from now we're going to definitely start seeing that there's going to be a larger divide, I guess, because um, we're going to be – like I drafted – pretty much all freshmen. I think I only took two guys that weren't freshmen in this last draft out of 18 picks, and it's all on me on, you know, whether I think those guys are good coming out of high school. So it's it's definitely going to be interesting, these percentages. Right now, the percentages are honestly pretty even across the board, you know, for the amount of guys that got drafted. But again, we knew what Bijan Robinson was. We knew what Brees Hall was. We had information going into that, so I think it's going to get, I don't know if it's that telling right now, but I think in the future it will be. So we all had, with the exception of Patrick, we all had eight or more. Patrick had six, but how it went from top to bottom, uh, Luke had eight total people that could be drafted, and he had six of them drafted for 75%. Then it was Tweet. He had 15 available to be drafted. He had 10 of them drafted for 66%. Then it was Jacob having 9 available, 5 being drafted at 55%, 55.5%. Then it is Ian having 13 available, 7 drafted at 53.9%. Then we have Nate. He had 8 available, had 4 drafted at 50%. Then we have, then we get into people who are really close here. So you got Chad. He had 17 available drafted. He had eight of them for 47.06%. Then we have Brett. He had 13 available, six drafted for 46.15%. Then we have Grim having nine available, four drafted, 44.44%. And. Corey had 12 available, 5 drafted for 41.67%, and then Patrick had 6 available, 2 being drafted for 33.33%. So that's kind of how how year 1 overall went. And then, you know, Jacob, you had your thoughts there where, hey, we kind of had our information. So breaking it down further, we went to quarterbacks, and I'm just going to do a percentage. I'm not going to like break down like how many people. We can talk about who went where if you'd like, Jacob. Um, but let me zoom out here. Great radio here for people listening. So myself, Grim, and Chad had all of our quarterbacks get drafted who were available. Um, I I had one go in the fourth. Grim had his go in the third, and Chad had one go in the first and one go in the seventh. So anytime you get a quarterback going in the first round, that's good. And that was Kenny uh, Smallhand Pickett. Um, Is it good? We'll find out. We'll find out about this camp, this camp news that keeps coming out. Yep. Um. Corey, he had he had fifty percent. He had Ritter and Corral go in the third round, so that's that's good. Those are kind of the names to kind of highlight for the quarterbacks. Is there any anything that you you saw there? No, I think honestly, I was surprised that there was only one quarterback taken in the first round. I agree, especially with all that hype that Will's got. I mean, some of us knew from you know week one. And tried to tell the league. But, you know, some people just don't want to believe. Some people just don't want to believe. I honestly want... I, I'm i hoping for... Well, 
Maybe I shouldn't say that. I hope that Ryan Tannehill decides to not play for a few games instead of injury. He just decides to not play, and then we can see Malik Willis on the on the football field. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, I, I we're I've already got it in the show sheet. We're going to be talking about our weekly Malik Willis stats, and we can talk about how many times he handed the ball off to Derrick Henry that week, if, if that's something you want to do. Can't wait. All I know is that running quarterbacks score points. They do, but not Malik Willis. I stand by it, and I will not come down from my, my mountain. I, I planted my flag there long ago. I, it's too late to back down. It's lonely up here all by myself. All right, going over to running backs. So running backs, again, not a great class this year, but Nate had all of his available running backs were taken, but uh, he went in the sixth round, um, and that was Keontae Ingram. And... Jacob, you had 50% of yours taken, one in the second, one in the third for uh, Who's that? Walker and Brian Robinson. Walker? Yep. You traded, you traded for him. Oh, okay. So, I see what you're saying. So, so you identified him, and this was like I gave people a few weeks – I think this was pre it was pre combine is when I took these. Yeah. So I kinda let like, hey, if people if people wanna identify people before the combine and you got athletic results and all that stuff, I wanna give people the kudos for going out and still going to get your guy because you might have to pay up because they already, you know, produced for college, but hey, I believe in this guy and I'm gonna pay up for him before there's more information so i wanted to give that uh to those people Uh, yeah i I mean he was like a blip on my roster so like i don't even remember really having walker yeah um yeah produced no points for you because you got him at the end of the year uh cory had 25 percent and tweet had 20 percent but both had second rounders with uh hall and cook being drafted in the second round those are kind of the only guys I really wanted to talk about in general. Second rounders are, you know, the new first rounder. We got our round three and four guys. Um, I had Spiller go, but then I traded him. So went to Nate, but had him before the draft, I believe. Or I had him before the, or after the combine. Um, any, any running backs that really stand out to you guys or any owner having quite a bit drafted for running backs? My screen is so small right now. <laughs> Let me look, I mean, Nate had a hundred percent at the sixth round. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really day three. St- yeah. But he does have Brees, I believe, now. Yep. So that's that's really what matters is, yeah, you might be good at, like, picking the guys who are going to get to the NFL, but which ones are the difference makers? Yep. So now we'll move over to wide receivers. Um, only name that I kind of want to bring up are his tweet. He had 50% of his six available wide receivers get taken in the first round. So, um, Tweet had Drake London, Olave, and Garrett Wilson all get taken, which is great. And Phillips is making some noise right now, and he was taken in the fifth round um, there in Tennessee. So, you know, kudos. Tweet got had six wide receivers, and they all got drafted. So that, that's pretty good. He's the wide receiver whisperer. I don't know. Grimm also had 100% of his wide receivers taken. He had two of them taken in the fourth round. So, while well, it three. They're all day three, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Romeo Dobbs and Calvin Austin. Um, let's see here. 
Jacob, you had 66.67%. Um, so you had one go in the first and one go in the third. Uh, Traylon Burks and David Bell. And I had 75% of... So I had four wide receivers and three of them got taken in the second. Wandell Robinson, George Pickens, Sky Moore, all people I've traded away. So... Feeling pretty good there. Anybody else you want to talk about here for wide receivers? Did we just get a comment? What? He doesn't have dubes anymore either, FYI. He doesn't? I thought, did he trade him? No, this is from Chad. Oh. Oh, so Grim traded away dubs. Gotcha. Before all of the camp hype? I mean... Well, for the purpose of this, he had him, so he was able to identify identify a, a wide receiver taken. Give uh, Grim his, his kudos. Tight ends. Unsexy tight ends. We had... One, two, three, four, five. So we had half the league get all of their tight ends available to be drafted, drafted. Tweet had one, he had two available. One went in the second, one went in the third. Um, and they were Trey McBride and Greg Dulcich. Nate had two, one went in the third and one went in the fourth, being Jeremy Rucker and Kate Otten. And... Chad had five tight ends available to be drafted and and he he got 60% um, he had Charlie Kohler go in the fourth round he had Turner and Mitchell go in the fifth round so he had three of his five get drafted which you know it doesn't really matter when tight ends get drafted to me like you have your Kelsey's and your um, Kittles get drafted late so Chad having five available guys to be drafted and and having three of them get drafted I think is is pretty good so Chad might be a tight end whisperer what are your thoughts um maybe it's tweet I don't know He, he had two go in the second and third the reality of the position is you're shooting for the top three maybe five in a given year for fantasy so if they're not big fast and uber athletes i don't i don't want them gotcha well is there anything here that uh you want to touch on here before we wrap up? Nope. It was fun. Alright. Um, we put a poll out into the league. So if you get a chance, we we had mentioned who... I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but like, you know, who do you feel nickel and dime to buy the most? Uh, the, the options were Grim or The Field. Um, I put that out into the chat because I was uh, catching strays from Grimm. Must have been catching up on his uh, podcast. And he was he's just like, hey, I, I'm not the only one who nickels and dimes. You nickel and dime too. And I sent him like the okay hand signal emoji. And he just sent me a thumbs up. And I was like, all right, I'll just ask the league who gets... It's either one person... Or nine other people. Who do you get nickel and dime by the most? And I would say, I feel like Nate, myself, you, and Grim probably do the most trading in the league. So it's not just like, oh, Grim does all the trading. So you know, more opportunities for for those things. So I will say, the poll is currently sitting at eight out of ten managers. As a yes for Grim, nickel and diming. I mean, so 
So that might be something that we touch on next week. So if you feel like you've been nickeled and dimed, feel free to reach out to 1-800-CASUALS-TO-DEGENERATES. Okay? You give us a call. Let us know how you've been nickeled and dimed. And maybe we'll talk about it next week on our podcast. But until then, I'm Luke Probasco. I'm Jacob Belvo. And this is your reminder to always start your studs. Good night. Night.